Welcome to the Dream to Conquer, designed for your listening pleasure around the greatest cricketing showpiece in the world. We continue to interact with the Standard Bank Proteus so you can learn firsthand how the national dream is being realized. On today's episode, we sit down on the blue couch with soft-spoken master blaster Rassi Fandadissan. Now, he made his debut in scintillating style, scoring 98 against Pakistan in January. Since then, he has reached the 50 milestone in a staggering six of his 11 innings and is the Standard Bank Proteus leading run score at the tournament thus far. But first, let's catch up with some news from the tournament in England and Wales. While the Standard Bank Proteas have had a bumpy start in their first week of the cricketing showpiece, we need to remind ourselves that it is a long tournament consisting of nine group phase matches where five wins should earn you a place in the semi-finals. We caught up with Ray Jennings, former coach of our Under-19 World Cup winning team in 2014, for some lessons to be learnt from the opening weekend. There weren't enough partnerships, and too many wickets falling consistently. The dot ball counts. South Africa had 135 dot balls in 40 overs, where England had 125 in 50 overs. And that type of pressure, South Africa managed to actually collapse towards the end. So the same factor is always going to be an issue with him not playing. He's able to take wickets up front. And South Africa weren't able to actually do that once they got that wicket in the first over. South Africa managed to get three of their players in the top five out with regard to the bounce, and I'm sure that's going to be a tactic used by the opposition moving forward. Sunday also marked 100 ODIs for Mr. Reliable Imran Tahir. His words, to mark the occasion, should be an inspiration to all of us. Oh, this this means a lot to me, uh, uh, which I can never express in words. So... Um, I am I am the guy who come through a lot of hard patches, uh, seen a lot of hardships, and lost my parents without seeing me playing international cricket. I just mentioned earlier in one of my interview I haven't seen my brothers and sisters in the last two years. So that means that this thing, this country, uh, I'm representing, and every game I'm playing for it is it's really important to me, and uh, I'm really proud and. Um, I'm just really grateful to my family. They understand that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm away from, from them. But there is an important reason for that. Now back to our guest on the blue couch for this week, Rassi van der Dissen, who, with scores of 50 against England on his tournament debut and a resilient 41 from 38 balls against Bangladesh, is the leading run scorer for the team and proof that there is major hope for the future generation of Standard Bank Proteas. Over the last few months, no South African cricketer has done more to force himself into the World Cup thinking than the man sitting on the couch next to me right now, Rassi van der Dissen. Rassi, good to have you here. I just, let, let's start on the emotional level, first mm. of all. On the day that the squad was announced, obviously to the public, there were all sorts of reactions to your name being there. Most of them were positive. Where were you when you found out? How did you find out that you were going to be in the 15? Yeah, we found out... Just like everyone else, we, I was at home watching that uh, broadcast with, with my wife, Laura, uh, on the couch. Very nervous. Uh, when, when the name started coming up, my name was uh, read out 13th, I think. <laughs> and um, you know, as, as my name came up, my, my, my wife jumped up and down and, and started screaming and whatever. I, I was a bit taken aback emotionally, uh, to be honest with you. A lot of mixture of a lot of positive emotions that, that came through. My phone was going off the hook and I, and I just left it and yeah, I just, I just sat in relief and, and excitement and, and I just realized how honored I am to, to be in the squad. 
has it sunk in? You're playing for the Proteas at a World Cup. There's no greater honour. There isn't any greater honour. Uh, it was a massive thing for me to represent the Proteas, even if it was just, just once in my life. And I saw it as such, and I suppose getting in that situation and, and doing fairly well uh, afforded me more opportunities and, and every, every day that, that I go into the field I, I just realise that listen this is something that I've wanted and I've worked for my whole life but you know sometimes you work for stuff and it doesn't happen so you still there's still a, a privileged part and, and, and I still realise that, that every day and a World Cup is something I've watched uh, ever since I can remember uh, as, as a South African supporter and a very proud South African uh, patriotic person. So, yeah, so to, to represent the country uh, that you love um, in a World Cup is, uh, yeah, it's massive. So let's go through those World Cup memories. For me personally, I remember sitting next to this big hi-fi system in my parents' room, listening to Trevor Quirk calling that 22 runs off one ball mm. against England, 1992 semi-finals. You're obviously much younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what were those those first World Cup memories for you, and, and how did they come about? I think the first one uh, was that I can remember was was 1999. Uh, I was 10 years old at the time, and I can't remember I can't remember watching the game, but I, I remember it being on and. And obviously, following what what was happening, and what I just distinctly remember, my older brother is also a very diehard South African sports fan, and just the hurt we felt was, I mean, you, you know, it's it was unbelievable um, in that semi-final. So, uh, 2003, similar with with the Duckworth Lewis. Uh, 2007, what happened there? New Zealand? Yeah. No, this New Zealand was 2015. 2015. 15. Yeah. Uh, Grant Elliott there, former South African, former Lions player, <laughs> making sure that we crash out. So I suppose a World Cup for South Africa comes with a lot of ne negative uh, emotions because you think back, you don't think about Lance Klusler being player of the tournament, for example, in 1999. You, you only sort of think back on the negative. I think... Yeah, for me and for us personally, it's it's an opportunity to go where a side hasn't gone before. We, for the first time, we go not necessarily as a favourite, and I think that's a great thing for us. Um, we're just going there to give it our best and, and have fun. And all the teams are so good, including us. We have so many good players. So you know what what stops us from from winning? Doesn't it fry your brain though to think that? after all those years of watching from the sidelines and having disappointment with some of the performances, mm. that you, Rassi van der Dissen, can actually play a part in giving us new memories, giving us a different experience of the World Cup. Yeah, I hope I, hope I can. You know, that's some, only something that, that I can, can dream of, but, you know, what stops us from, from dreaming big and, and dreaming about lifting uh, the World Cup on the 14th of July? Nothing, you know, sports... Sport is sport. Probably in 2015, nobody really expected New Zealand to beat us. In 1999, we were, we were by far the, the best team in the tournament. Nobody really expected us to lose any games. So, I mean, what stops us from being on the, on the other side of that and, and causing maybe an upset or two? And It's just exciting. I mean, yeah, whatever happens, life will happen anyway. So, you know, it's, I'm just... As a team and, and a person, I'm just going to go out there and give it my best, try, try and be at my best 
uh, every ball and every moment. And you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And and that's all there is to it. Let, let, let's talk about Rassi van der Dissen away from the game of cricket because unlike many of your teammates, South Africans know plenty about them, perhaps a little bit less about you. The formative years, formative cricket years, where were those spent, under whose tutelage, who played a massive part, or the biggest part, in in creating the cricketer that you are today? I grew up not far from here, a few kilometres. I went to a school Miller Park, which is uh, about five minutes drive from here. Growing up in Pretoria, Northerns, Titans, always very competitive uh, throughout school and provincial cricket. And, and that's something I'm grateful for, growing up in an environment where there were so many good players that it forced you to, to be better. Um, no ifs and buts about it, you just got to be better than a lot of, a lot of guys. Um, I wasn't always better. I was, I was a bit of a, a, a late bloomer, I suppose, but, but I never sort of lost that belief that I, can, that I can make a career out of cricket. Playing at Pretoria High School Old Boys Club, which is also just down the road, yeah. Uh, a guy like Mark Cholton was, was massive for me. He was, he's involved at the Titans now um, as an early club coach and, and playing senior club cricket at the age of 14 and 15. And, um, you know, all those influences uh, in, in big press playing against men as a child. I think all those little things add up. Um, I spent my last year in school at Uffies. Uh, I, I went there purely for, for cricketing reasons. A uh, uh, coach there was Dion Buertis, and he used to coach A.B. Fuff, I know, Jock Rudolph, all those guys. And I always used to ask him how I compared to those guys when they, when they were in matric. And, and that was a really big help for me to 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 get honesty from him in saying listen these guys were better than you in this and the, and they were better than you in, in that aspect and and having him honestly tell that to me is real, made me realize listen I've, I've still got a long way to go obviously wasn't a schoolboy prodigy like the likes of AB and whatever but I knew that you know if I was going to make a career those that feedback was was very important um Malibongwe Maketa, which is our assistant coach now. He was my first coach in Northern when I made my, my, my first class debut. Um, so him, him giving me that opportunity, but also a year or two later, realizing that I have to leave uh, just because of the pure fact that I'm behind guys like A.B. Fuff, Jock Rudolph, I know. Uh, at Northerns and at Titans, you know, opportunities were, were, were scarce for, for a a top order batter, so I left to Northwest in 2012. Uh, Monty Jacobs, I, f- I phoned him and I said, "Listen, I, I'm not getting the opportunities that I feel that I can maybe use. I understand it obviously because there's so many good players in in the Pretoria structure." And he said, "Listen, I, I can give you a room. I can't give you much else, um, but if you want to come, you can you can come. And if you if you start with club cricket and you do well, you know you can play for Northwest. And that's exactly what I did. I packed my stuff in my car and I left uh, Pretoria, being a loyal person and a and a very passionate uh, Pretoria Northerns Titans about them. It was a tough decision, but it's the best decision I made. I went to Northwest, and Northwest afforded me those opportunities. And I suppose the rest is history. I uh, started playing for the Lions and, yeah.
Let's take a quick break from what has been an enthralling conversation to catch up with some tournament trivia. Did you know that Chris Gale is the only player in England this year who has been around long enough to play in the 2003 competition, which we hosted? 2019 marks his fifth global spectacular, but still fades in comparison to Sachin Tendulkar and Javed Miandad, who are the only two cricketers to have notched up six visits to the tournament. And now, on to the age factor. Our very own Imran Tahir, at 40 years, is the oldest player in the competition, but you wouldn't tell that from the way he celebrates each wicket for the Standard Bank Proteas. On the other end of the scale is the tournament's youngest, and not surprisingly, a fellow mystery spinner, 18-year-old Mujib Ul-Rahman. The boy from Afghanistan is one of three teenagers at the tournament, the others being 19-year-old Pakistan bowlers Shahin Afridi and Muhammad Hasnain. And Afghanistan also tipped the scale as the youngest squad at the competition, with an average age of 27.68 years. The oldest is Sri Lanka at 30.4, the Standard Bank Proteas not too far off as the second oldest squad with an average age of 30.37. Need a banking app that keeps up with you? Pay a beneficiary instantly or get stamped bank statements anywhere, anytime. Download the Standard Bank app and you're good to go. T's and C's apply. Standard Bank is an authorized financial services and registered credit provider. Standard Bank, moving forward. Now back to our guest on the blue couch, Rassi van der Dissen, who tells us how this past summer took him from being a player who was hovering under the radar and straight into the global cricketing showpiece. The last couple of seasons, and I would say in addition to what you were able to do in the Mzansi Super League November to December 2018, how important was that tournament in getting you to where you are today, sitting on this blue couch, days away from the World Cup, making an impact there? Yeah, that was very important. Um, in the moment, I didn't necessarily know how important it was, but later on, Coach Otis Gibson told me that, you know, that is where he really saw what I, what I could do. He obviously saw a bit of me beforehand, but in that situation, uh, in those games, uh, especially towards the latter end where uh, semi-finals and, and finals, is, he, he, he said he saw something and that gave me a lot of confidence. I think as a sportsman, you, there's definitely a luck element and I was just lucky that my good performances came at a good time for me. It was just before the, the Pakistan One Day Series and I think I got picked on, on the back of what, what the selectors saw in that, in that tournament. In hindsight, had I not done well in that tournament, would I have played? I'm, I'm not sure. So, yeah, the timing, the timing for me luckily was good. Come back to the personality type that Rassi van der Dissen is because there are a couple of players on your team that wear their hearts on their sleeves. And it takes all sorts of personalities to, to really make a team click. Your, your personality type, how, how does that fit into the Proteas? What is that personality type? I think I'm quite reserved, um, but I'm, I'm very driven and, and motivated. Um, but not necessarily on the outside, if, if that makes sense. Um, I know what I'm about as a person and as a player and what I want to achieve, and I, I, I suppose everyone says, but I set high standards for myself. And I try to... I, I take pride in staying calm and, 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 and level-headed under pressure. I mean, pressure oftentimes is, is just how your, your perception of a situation. And especially in the last few years, trying to... I suppose take a second longer, take a, take a step back, look at a, at a game situation objectively and seeing what, what is required, that next ball, that over, or 
oh, all that that period. Um, you know, that is that is that's the type of person I, I think I am. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you tell you much more. Um, I think I'm lucky that that those aspects translate well into into cricket and to batting. And um, yeah, up and down, I try stay the same. I had the fortune of seeing you off the field watching cricket with your wife at Centurion not too long ago. And, and you guys seem like a very tight-knit unit. How important an inspiration is she to you and, and your professional life? <laughs> yeah, Laura has been massive. I mean, I just spoke about, you know, we, we've been together for, for almost 10 years now and... Yeah, she was studying at the time when we got together. I was, I basically was was a, a, a no one. And but she loved the cricket. She was a scorer. She was actually an international scorer. She she scored Test matches and won the internationals. And so she's understood cricket from the start and and understood my passion and what I want, where I want to be, and where I want to go. And. Um, yeah, I mean, sports can be tough sometimes when it's not going your way, when you lose a tight game and you get home and you try and leave it behind, but, you know, then you then you get home and, and, and she's there and she understands, you know. She she, she doesn't uh, take it personally or and, and I think that takes a really special partner or, or, or women to, to understand that. And knowing that she's been with me every step of, of my journey... Um, is is a really special thing for me. So, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it it couldn't have been easy for her all the times, um, and I know it wasn't easy for her. Uh, but um, you know, as I play for her as much as I I play for myself and for for everyone who's had an influence in my career. I think since we have the opportunity, the camera's right there. You wanna <laughs> just say thank you into that camera to your. To her. Laura, uh, it's been a long road. Uh, it's been a rocky road, ups and downs. You've been there every step of the way. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the support you've shown me. Um, I'm glad I, I made it to, to you. Uh, I suppose the, the reward is not just for me, but for the both of us. And um, as I always say, we, we keep fighting and we keep going up and uh, hopefully there's much more to come. Final question from me. Just said one thing, because I saw you hit a six at the Wonders in December last year that went sort of in between the flats adjacent to mm. the Wonders and the, the main commentary box. Yeah. Who hits the longest ball in the Proteus setup right now? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, there's obviously a few. Dwayne hits a, a long ball. But I think on any given moment, I'll back myself to take <laughs> to take the guys on. JP, oh, it's a it's a long one. Fuff, obviously. Yeah, it'll be an interesting contest, but I'll back myself. It's good to hear, Rassi. We've we've been going to our clients at Standard Bank and yeah. and given them the opportunity to ask you guys through social media questions very directly. So I'm gonna pick one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just have a look. Yeah, let's go with Tabang Liteo, and uh, the handle is at I am T Man Twenty Seven. He simply wants to know who do you think 
is your biggest challenge in terms of rival nations for that World Cup trophy? Yeah, it's a very good question. I think England at home is always strong. Obviously, you've got the usual culprits, India, Australia, uh, with, with Warner and Smith back. Uh, so, yeah, it's like I said earlier, all the teams are, are very strong. Pakistan, um, West Indies with all those game breakers. It's so tough to call. I mean, if I was a, if I was a fan out there, a spectator watching, I, I wouldn't miss a game <laughs> because anything can happen. And like I said earlier, anything can happen, so might as well be us. You know what I'm liking about the conversation that we've had is, is having followed your career, sitting on the couch with me now, I get the sense that you know how good you are, and that can only be good for South Africa's chances at the World Cup. Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure, thanks. Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. Keep backing our boys in green and gold as they continue to live the passion for the game of cricket and realizing the dream of bringing glory to our wonderful nation. Be sure to follow us on at Standard Bank ZA and remember to subscribe to the podcast by looking for The Dream to Conquer.